0: hello friends and welcome back um i'm still flabbergasted i got to check out midsummer or midsummer or mids i don't know i'm calling it midsummer because it just rolls off the tongue better but either way wow just holy crap wow what a film um and definitely so far i think The creepiest film of 2019. I wouldn't put it as scary, like it didn't keep me up at night, but it definitely has a lot to unpack and we're going to get into it uh, shortly. So heads up, go see it soon because it'll be an episode coming up, guaranteed. Um, But either way, before we dive into that, I hope everyone's having an awesome summer so far um, and, uh, you know, doing awesome fun activities, one of which uh, Escape Rooms. Anyone ever been? I've only had the pleasure of doing one that was somewhat horror-themed. Um, but I have to say, I feel like doing an escape room was more fun than, well, I'm just going to ruin it now because it's, yeah, it's already over, um, than an actual escape room. That's right, guys, we're talking about escape room, the film. It it, it didn't suck. It wasn't as bad as like possession of Hannah Grace. It it, it had somewhat of a plot. It just, it, it, we'll get into it. It wasn't, it did not blow my mind. All right, but but without further ado, let's definitely listen to the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of ticky tacky, little box on the hillside, and they all look just the same. You want to control your life, but life isn't a science experiment. You can't contain your world forever. Try doing one thing that scares you over break, okay? Yeah. This serves as an entry voucher for Minos escape, escape rooms. rooms. Be the first to escape our most immersive room yet. And win a million dollars. So, uh, when does the game start? I think this is the escape room. We should look for clues. What are we looking for here? Anything that looks like a puzzle or a code. It looks like an oven dial. That looks real. It's kind of warm up in here. Uh, Excuse me. We'd like our hit now, please. Well, that's creepy as hell. Is it getting hotter? How do we get out of here? It's turning 451. Got it. Ah! Let's talk about immersive. What's wrong with you? That was real. Whoa. Dumb question. Are we outside? As soon as we get this figured out. As soon as we get the hell out of here. Seen things that weren't there before. I am not a bad choice. Surviving is a choice. Come on now, do let me out here. Yep. 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 That's why they chose us. And they all look just the same. Yep. Basically, uh the theme of this movie. It just fell flat in the same old typical horror trope um and we'll get into why i have issues with it but essentially escape room it's the 2019 american psychological horror mystery film directed by adam robitel and written by braggy f shut hope i'm pronouncing that correctly and maria melnick now the film stars taylor russell logan miller deborah ann wolf tyler bean jay ellis nick Dodani, and york van wagging deacon. I <laughs> hope I'm saying that right. Uh, either way, um, follows a group of people set to navigate a series of escape rooms only to discover that their fates are tied to whether or not they can beat them in time. Yeah, lo and behold, crap-tacular. So development of the film began in August 2017 under the title The Maze, um, and essentially... Filming took place in South Africa in late 2017 through January 2018. <clears throat> Released in the United States January 4th, 2019. I remember seeing these trailers. I wanted to see this film. Um, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't. Um, either way, at Sony Pictures Entertainment, we've we got to talk. You guys definitely need to figure something out here. But I guess you've Figured out the equation somewhat because it was a box office success, grossing over 155 million worldwide that weekend, um, and the film received mixed reviews from critics, um, and uh, who praised the atmosphere and the cast, but criticized the familiar plot and its failure to take full advantage of the premise. <clears throat> so the plot, we open up um, with a typical Quentin Tarantino esque type of uh, style, which is to start kind of from the end. So we have a character, we have no idea what's going on. It just shows him in the middle of an escape room, trying to figure it out, yelling for clues. And to me, this part kind of caught me off guard because the character, he doesn't... F- he, to me, he just did not seem smart enough to be picking out these clues. He's, and we'll find out who he is. Um, You know, it later turns out to be Ben, who's kind of this drunkard, stoner-like character. No, he does... He's a little bit more of an introvert and does, I guess, have somewhat of a soul and somewhat of a mind. <laughs> Perhaps I'm not giving him enough credit, but I don't know. I, you're, essentially, your impression you know, is picked up right away, and I just didn't feel that, that he could solve it that quickly. But either way, before the escape room itself collapses in... We're whisked away, and we're picking up from another character sitting in her classroom, Miss Zoe. She's a shy physics student, um, and essentially, over the Thanksgiving break, she's being left alone and told by her physics professor to come out of her shell a little and to do something that scares her. Now, um we're also given uh, a glimpse into a couple other characters we've jason who uh the successful wealthy day trader ben who i'd mentioned earlier our stock boy who's hoping to get promoted and um, basically move out of his mom's house um and then as we arrive to the conclusion that each one of these guys has been invited to this weird event this weird escape room from these little boxes which they all deduce it, you know were sent to them from other people um you know we were introduced to the other few characters um and i have to say i didn't really quite like the way they introduced these few and then instantly pick up with deborah ann's character um got her name here um amanda it it just i don't know to me they should have showed each one but i have a feeling that this film if there was a director's cut there's a lot of stuff that definitely was left on the editing room floor so uh we're introduced to everybody they're all sitting within this lovely little reception area um and it's really bizarre. I mean, as Amanda walked in, the guy said, thank you for your service, hands her a name tag. You know, they're just told to basically kindly take a seat and that the game master will arrive shortly. Though um, this is when I said we're introduced to the other three characters, including our for uh, Danny. I don't know. I, this was probably my favorite character. He's just so enthusiastic about these damn escape rooms. Um, and Sally we'll meet it terrible demise but um it just he was kind of my my most favorite he's the one here in the trailer eagerly jumping around uh, screaming about we need to find the clues um it just I don't know he kind of made made the film for me now as we kind of unravel the fact that these guys are now in a room itself and that there's definitely something fishy going on I mean there's no one answering for them you know they're asking for help they try to go to the dial or the lock on the door which actually turns out to be an oven dial which ignites the room and heats. so they all start to panic of course yeah their lives are in jeopardy you don't blame them so they're looking for an escape they're trying to figure everything out um and this is when they deduce you know and kind of put the puzzle together which I don't know if you've any of you have done escape rooms I highly recommend you should try one out if you haven't but it is a group effort, um, basically to move on to the next task. And they did do a good job of basically, you know, in the first room, giving us that real panic. Now we move on to the next. Um, The players find themselves within this winter cabin where the door is locked with a seven-letter combination. Now, they're in this weird little cabin, as I'd said. There's clues on the wall, including a sign that says, you'll go down in history and nine deer heads, each with different letters underneath. Ben again he's able to put this together but i guess you know when you've had a traumatic event like this you can just kind of put these triggers or these uh hints together when you have a trigger such as this but um he you know basically is a flashback of drunk driving with his friend singing rudolph the red-nosed reindeer before crashing the car realizing that the nine deer heads refer to santa's nine reindeer you'll go down in history being the sign on the wall and alluding to the song and his friends suggests that Rudolph, being the seven-letter combination, is the will unlock the door. The group escapes and finds themselves outside in this basically barren wasteland kind of thing on ice. So um, the temperature of the room is only going down, and they start to realize they have to do something immediately. Um, they start scrambling, looking for clues. When they're able. And they're managed to find a chest which contain only one single red coat. So, this is when Zoe deduces that the game is about competition and survival of the fittest. Um, you know, they're limiting their resources, so essentially they need to fight amongst themselves. Um, and refusing to allow this, the players agree to share the winner coat. And they do a pretty good job managing that. So, Mike, a uh, character met earlier, again, one of my favorites, uh, just simple, good good old happy Mike, um, manages to climb a tree, spotting a fishing pole and, you know, brings that back to the, the group where all of a sudden they find that there's a hole in the ice. Begin using the fishing pole. Zoe finds a magnet, well, a compass, which finds her into the magnet. Um, and this is when they're able to pull up a huge block of ice with a key encased. Um, players calling for Ben who's smoking beside the cabin to pass his lighter because he's, uh, from his cigarettes, He kind of hap-heart, hap-heartedly tosses it sadly poor old uh, Danny walks out and falls through the ice and drowns I'll admit this is probably the only part of the film that caught me off guard um poor Danny what a poor bastard um he's dead now moving on they decide that uh, you know they've got to move they've got to solve this quickly or they will meet the same fate so um using their body heat they begin to melt the block Um, and this is when Jason suffers a flashback of himself freezing within a red coat with his roommate and we start to kind of see that he also has some dark story that um, will unravel here shortly so once they're able to melt it or melt through freeing the key um this is when they're able to get through the uh the one door which opens up the other portal, I guess. They go to a door, open it, and it opens up behind them. And this is when they move on to an upside-down billiard bar, um, and this song Downtown is playing on repeat. This seems to be a version of musical chairs. Um, and I'll admit, this is when my attention really started to dwindle. Um, I, As you guys have heard me see before, my rating system on boredom is essentially, if you're watching a film at home and you feel the urge to reach for your cell phone, the director, something, director, writer, cast something has you know they haven't done it right they haven't whisked you away and if you find yourself bored during the film it's a great film so this is basically when it started to happen for me um either way this is when amanda's um you know, time to shine. She realizes that the missing eight balls is the key to the room. They start to looking around. Zoe realizes that there's a sliding pu- picture puzzle. But at the same time, this is when they realize that the floor below them is like an elevator shaft. And it is falling out beneath them. So, um... Of course, there's a big back and forth. They all kind of, you know, swing around essentially to try to get to safety. Um, And this is when Zoe has her flashback of being in the plane crash um, and sort of basically suffers a panic attack. Jason tries to calm her down, um, trying to get her to safety before the floor falls again. Um, And essentially, this is when Amanda tries to travel to where the other players are, um, dropping the key. She tries to swing for it. Um, a little bit of a moment where she tries to grab for the phone, lo and behold, she plummets to her death. Um, and moving on, they're into the next ward where they discover that it's in a hospital ward with six beds, suggesting the game did not know, um, who would make it to this stage and thus prepared regardless for whoever made it? But the beds are made to exactly, um, from the medical files on the bed revealing their past, viewers learn that, um, that each one of them is a sole survivor. Zoe surviving a plane crash in Vietnam, Jason on a boat um, with his roommate, uh, Ben who basically survived a drunk joy ride um mike's brother who suffocated in a mine um a mine cave a mine cave in uh you know so, lo and behold they start realizing that um danny was uh the only one who's survived out of carbon monoxide poisoning and amanda being a war veteran survived an ied blast um realizing the game master knew everything about them and the entire game has been based on these events Zoe realizes that they are st- statistically there is a statistical improbability that the game is about to find out who who is the luckiest of them instead of the fittest of them which is what they believed to be in the second escape room so a short clip play is asking the players if they have the heart to let dr wutan you hope who help you become a better you um and this is really weird infomercial um And his name has appeared quite frequently throughout the rooms. So it was suggesting that he's a heart surgeon um, and probably the game master. All of a sudden there's this timer counting down and Jason discovers that if they don't get out within five minutes, the room's going to fill with poisonous gas and essentially being fed up with the rules, everything that's going on, Zoe refuses to continue playing and start smashing up lights uh, and cameras so that they can't see them essentially relying on her earlier physics paper, about quantum Xeno effect, um, where, whereby atoms won't change if one takes continuous measurements. So, um, Mike, Ben and Jason essentially discover that the next task moving on involves an EKG, mach- EKG machine, um, and that the three players, basically have to figure out how to get the heart rate correct to move on. Sorry guys. Um, and, uh, essentially passing from Mike discovering that his, well, we start with Ben, his heart rate's too low. We move on to Mike. It's too high. They end up using the defibrillator on Mike, killing him. Um, and this is when essentially Jason realizes that he has to use it, but calming himself down to a certain rate. Um, Lo and behold, that's the key, opens up a passageway, and they move on. But Zoe refuses to go. Um, basically, she's has her own plan, leaving her into what we believe to die in the gas. So entering a room covered in optical illusions and strobe lights, Ben yells at Jason, they kind of have this back and forth, and, you know, they snap at each other um, about Zoe's death. And essentially, this is when Ben confronts Jason that you... On that boat, killed your roommate. He didn't just float off due to hypothermia, and based on Jason's reaction, you can pretty much deduce Ben was right. So the two of them kind of fall out. They kind of smash it together, um, and decide they've got to work together to escape the room. So they go to the hatch, open it, but realizes that something's been drugged with an hallucinogen and they start to believe that they're melting the room's melting everything's starting to spin and i have to get i have to give them credit pretty neat special effect um and that the hatch is open with letters saying that you have to find the antidote before you move on um or at least it'll be worth it if you plan on living so fighting the effects they you know go back and forth and in a stroke of luck randomly hitting the walls ben activates a switch which reveals the antidote syringe however there's only one single dose so the two of them kind of have to fight it out this is when jason breaks ben's leg ben eventually pushes jason into the desk and kills him and ben injects himself with the antidote and falling through the hatch into an elaborate study room lo and behold we're back to the beginning of the movie so this is when ben he solves the puzzle but it doesn't seem to work um basically narrowly avoids being crushed by sneaking into the fireplace and moving on and this is when he's kind of scooped up Uh, after by our our main leader. Um, But just beforehand, we're patched back down to the hospital room with two Minos employees entering in hazmat gear and kind of going over the dead, kind of going over the last game room, disposing of them. And this is when they realize an oxygen mask is hanging from the ceiling. And Zoe was trying to reach it. Always surprisingly incapacitates them with an IV stand, so she survives. Either way, um, she seizes a gun, escapes the maintenance area, and heads on. So Ben's in the control room, getting an idea of the actual story. And this one, we get the usual, typical trope. You know that the game master designed this, and that you know it's uh, they keep having to come up with better and more elaborate escape rooms for the amu- and amusement in these savage games. Um, because it's it's meant for this rich, elaborate, wealthy group of individuals who are watching and they're looking for more exciting ways to make the game more elaborate. So essentially, you know, it says about using lone survivors this time around, but previously they'd used college athletes, savants, celebrities, you name it, all about a shared experience. So um, moving on, this is one we just find out that the game master's gonna try to kill ben he wasn't meant to survive not meant to get the money and there's when zoe shows up kind of there's this huge back and forth and all of a sudden the game master is kind of tossed into the game which was bizarre to me but i guess these guys are always watching so as uh there's kind of this back and forth uh you know he goes to choke out zoe ben manages to get up smashing the game master and reaching for the gun this one you know unloads the clip to in the chest and we're whisked away to the hospital where ben is in a hospital room recovering and zoe goes off with a detective back to the building where the games took place Um, as she's explaining things to the police it seems that the evidence in the facility has disappeared and that there appeared to be three illegal substances in ben's bloodstream so essentially to them this just looks like some stone pardon me, some stone teenagers um, coming up with uh, some, you know, kooky story. And, um, you know, all that's left on the wall is an, a sign that says, No Way Out, an anagram for Wu Tan You. Leaving Zoe screaming personally, I think this is where the movie should have ended, but all of a sudden we 're told that six months later, and Zoe and Ben are having a coffee and going over zoe 's elaborate plan to basically find their headquarters and take them out the main the main um, elaborate group of individuals that 's you know planning everything. Little does she know, the puzzle makers are able to track everything she does and sees that she's bought plane tickets to come to Manhattan to come to them. So they're planning to create a new game for her, which is essentially going to be the flight itself with a 4% chance of survival. So, of course, leading us up to the... uh, truth that there is going to be a shitty sequel yay so that's it that's all hope you guys enjoyed that film because i thought it was kind of crappy um cast you guys did a great job i mean taylor russell as zoe davis gotta love her she's canadian um deborah ann wool as amanda harper this is jessica from true blood one of my favorites the rest you guys you know given the characters that you were meant to play you did a great job you know you were entertaining in that you know, kind of, um, correlation. But for me, um, essentially I just find that the plot itself just kind of fell through. It just wasn't amazing. It, what it's, what I thought it could have been, it just wasn't. And I think they just sort of fell through. Perhaps it was better to have not had this idea that they were looking for a group of people that could all be interconnected It just, when you try to make something too complicated, that's when it really loses its pizzazz in a way. Um maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Cause I have talked to some people that said they absolutely loved this film. It was kind of a fresh new take on something um, that they hadn't seen, but hadn't seen before. But to me, it just seemed like the same kind of tropes. So it it just, it could have been better, I guess. So release-wise, as I said, this came out January 2019. Um, I guess in Poland, though, it was delayed. Um, there was a, a really tragic event, actually. Uh, five teenagers died in a uh, escape room in Koz- Um Really, really tragic um, thoughts with the family because I could just not imagine this for anybody. What a terrible, terrible way to go. So reception-wise, um, as I said... Sony made it pretty well. They made, you know, the budget of this film was nine million. They made one hundred and fifty, well, one hundred and fifty five. You did pretty damn good, um, and that is the realm of or the realm of Hollywood. The Hollywood goal: make a low budget movie and make a huge return. So, in the U.S. and Canada, the film projected to make about ten fourteen million, um, and definitely went above that. I mean, it came out at the same time as Aquaman, so the fact that it just came in behind that saying something. Now, critical response, it's holding about 50%. It's right down the middle. So, escape room fails to unlock much of the potential in its premise, but what's left is still tense and thrilling enough as a passing diversion for uh suspense fans. And I couldn't agree more with that quote. Um it just it fell flat. It, it just would look like a great premise and as I said earlier I feel like there's probably more to this story in a director's cut that maybe would make a much better film I mean in the trailer you see them reference um Fahrenheit uh 411 or can't remember the name of the book <laughs> but either way it's a, it's a classic um that is not seen in the actual film itself so there's obviously a pretty big scene around that um just little things like that i think that just would have made this a little bit more of a f- full film um it, it it's just essentially i mean the super elite that idea that there's a group of people committing acts that we could not fathom is an old trope. This is dating back to a short story from the 1920s. It's effective. Um, I mean, news events as of late show us that this shit is actually happening. Um, but when it comes to putting it on film, there is definitely a secret formula to making it work. Um, for me, two films that stand out in my mind that made it work were Hostel and Cabin in the Woods. Um, for me, this one just, it tried and it failed. Um, and I, I just, I, I don't have the answer as to why. I just hope perhaps the sequel might be able to correct that, but I highly doubt it. So um, for those of you that did enjoy this film and are excited about the sequel, you've got about a year, August 14th, 2020. Um, essentially, it will be released. So I guess we have, for the, some of you, you have something to look forward to. Me? We'll see. We'll, we'll see. I mean, the airplane at the end did look kind of interesting, but the movie... F- was pretty crappy so you guys will have to really do a lot of work on that trailer to sink me but either way thank you all for listening um i mean without you none of this is possible as always if you're feeling generous drop a five-star review on itunes or however you listen to the scare review uh, today tomorrow whenever you got some time share some love i mean it just basically helps show everybody that you know, this podcast is kind of fun, kind of exciting, or at least so I hope so. Um, either way, um, you know, if you don't want to leave a review, maybe you want to say hi to me on Instagram or Twitter. Always, always appreciate it. And as always, guys, a big thanks to Beardly Dot Designs and Bogue. Dot and dot bean. Uh, check these guys out on Instagram and Etsy. It's some of the coolest shit you will ever find. Horror, fantasy, what's not to love? Um, and of course, guys, big things coming. Keep an eye on my Instagram for more news. And as always, keep calm, stay creepy.